Welcome to episode number 26 of Reflections from WT, the heart and the soul of the Texas Panhandle. I'm Randy Ram, the Director of Broadcast Engineering here on the campus, and I'm joined today by a couple of guys who I think probably have two of the toughest jobs on campus, uh, Dr. Walter Windler, and uh, I'll introduce our other guest to you in just a minute. So Dr. Windler, we are off to a good start. Seems like it, Randy. I'm uh, I'm very pleased with what I see so far and what yeah. I hear. I'm, I'm, my only fear is there's things I don't hear about, but generally I'm pleased with what I see and hear. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, I think things are a little different. The, the campus seems a little quieter, but not maybe not as quiet as I thought it was going to be. I'm with you. I um, I was still expecting what we left in, in May, basically. We left it really mm-hmm. much sooner than mm-hmm. that, but... You know, it just kind of petered out and and went to nothing. And this really was a kind of a jump start. And you know, our student population is is uh, here, the on campus population. And I th- I think uh, I think I'm very pleased with yeah, with what I, I see. They're back, and uh, I've been really surprised at you know you've mentioned in other things the tenacity of the Buffaloes, and well, that's true. They're they're showing up to class. They're wearing their mask. They're trying to stay away from each other, and I, I I see them really trying to do do things right. I do too, and I uh, you know I feel like I'm kind of a privileged guy. I can walk into any classroom, and I've been walking into classroom just standing in the back and looking around. Everybody's got their masks on, um, yeah. you know, and the people are teaching. And some of the some of the faculty, of course, they're far removed. Some of them wear the face shields. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them didn't have a mask on, but it's understandable because you it's hard to project your voice uh, through through that mask. But um, I, I couldn't be more proud of the student population. Yeah. We've got a few knuckleheads. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the way, that's the way the world works. I mean, it's just going to be a few. But by and large, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be you doing. You know, I, I, think, I think a lot of it is they, they want to be here. They just want to be on campus. They, they, they want to experience college life as much as they can. And that's what I keep telling them in, in my classes. Keep your mask on. Stay six feet apart so that we can keep coming. That's what I say. And I, I keep reminding people that, um, you know, and I cup my hands like I am right now. Our future is in your hands because mm-hmm. you make the decisions every day, all day long to do what we're asking you to do in the interests of safety. Um, and as you do that, I, I have a very positive feeling. And if we get lax um, or cavalier about the requirements and the guidelines that are published by the state and the system and 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 West Texas A&M University, uh, you know, we'll be in trouble. But I don't see it. Not yeah. yet. Uh, and I don't want to get too far in front of myself because we're only a few days into it. But what I see so far and what I hear so far is all very We positive. can stay the course. Yep. I was talking to my wife this morning, and I said, you know, one thing that's really been odd for me is I have not had trouble finding a parking place. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Well, yeah. I don't. Have, I've got my own anyway. Yeah, uh, and I don't. By the way, it's for sale. If anybody wants to buy it, uh, get in touch with me. We'll talk price. So it's nice being able to find a parking place. And um, our guest today is uh, Jerry Faltnick. Jerry helps take care of the parking services. His title is Director of Support Services for the University Police Department. And and Jerry, I'm, I'm glad you're here today, man. Well, thank you for the invitation. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. I, I said earlier uh, that I think you have a tough job. Do you think you do? I'm not the most popular guy on campus. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Sometimes you should ask my uh, students in my classroom. But um, tell, tell us what you do. Well, I oversee the, everything that's related to parking. So it entails parking permits, you know, the sale of permits. So we're really busy this time of year. 
And then there's the enforcement side of things is where I get my popularity from. So mm -hmm. issue of citations, dealing with appeals, stuff like that. And so, well, I have to tell a story. Um, and I was so glad that you were here. I was maybe a semester or two ago. We have a broadcasting truck that I, I wave at you when I'm, I see you out walking, Dr. Wendler. And uh, I was went out to run an errand and it came back and there was someone parked in the spot that we had designated for our broadcasting truck. And man, you took care of that in just a few minutes. And I, I have really appreciated that. Oh, well, it's just uh, part of my job. Well, um, you, you also help with the, the shuttles, right? Formerly, yes. So what, what's, the, what's the deal with that? Well, the shuttle bus program, uh, because of some cuts by the state, um, we had to find ways to, to make reductions. And so not to take away anything from campus safety because I am under the UPD umbrella. Mm -hmm. So not to take anything away from that. Uh, the only real choice was to, to eliminate the shuttle bus program. Uh, the expenses of operation had increased. Uh, ridership had been down. And I'd like to think it's because parking has improved across campus since I've been here. Yeah. And so with that being eliminated, um, just but, but you were able to save it. Uh, yeah, with a little bit of help uh, from some community members, um, I reached out to Panhandle Community Services. They're a nonprofit organization. They provide transportation services to 26 counties in the Texas Panhandle. I had used them a couple of years ago. We had a situation where I was having trouble hiring drivers. We had some mechanical issues. And so in order to keep up uh, service on campus, I reached out to them. Uh, they were more than happy to do it. They actually receive funding from the state based off of ridership and mileage. So they were more than happy to come out to this little two-mile course yeah. that we have out here. And uh, so I reached out to them, and they were interested. And I think it's going to be a win-win situation for everybody. Well, Dr. Wendler, I, I know you want more employees like, like Jerry. Yeah, right? well, that's, you know, this is the panhandle spirit at work. Jerry saw what the problem was. We had... Uh, we decided when we made cuts to try to keep everything away from the academic mission of the university, you know, as Jerry just mentioned that, really. Uh, and, of course, we don't want to sacrifice safety. You know, the UPD has been central in providing safety, and we were, uh, we were rated the safest campus in the state of Texas. And I'm going to say that again, the very safest campus in the state of Texas, behind no one, not a private school, not a public school. We were number one, and it was a national ranking and they looked at FBI crime statistics, Department of Education crime statistics, personal uh, crimes against person, crimes against property. They looked at all these things. We didn't submit anything. We didn't write a letter and beg them to put a stop on the list. We didn't even know they were doing it. And it came out. And I'm proud of it, uh, especially at this time with uh, COVID-19. But that's tied into what Jerry does. You know, we provide, a, uh, I think, a thoughtful environment. So in response to that, Jerry says, gosh, we need the bus service. You know, we still, we, we, it's important to a lot of our students. And mm -hmm. I knew that when we, when we decided to cut it out, and I, I approved it. I mean, we talked about it, and I said, okay. Um, student government uh, pushback, they wanted to, if we were going to do that, get some more uh, ADA-accessible spaces, you know, with the wheelchair marks on them, so that people, students that had uh, needed uh, uh, access because of uh, uh, disabilities would have uh, closer parking. But in the end, Jerry's entrepreneurship um, saved. Now we have, like Jerry just said, it's a win-win. We've got, uh, we saved $260,000, uh, and, and we don't have to maintain the buses anymore. Um, uh, 
uh, Panhandle uh, Transit, the PCS is using uh, our buses, but they're paying for the drivers and everything else, and they'll maintain uh, the buses. And I just think it's a, I just think it's a wonderful win-win situation. And it just shows you how some sometimes uh, an organization gets lemons and they make lemonade. And that's this would have been a good idea, even if we had a budget increase. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we're mm-hmm. not in the bus business. That is not our business. We're in the education business. We know that if people are going to get an education, they got to get from the parking lot to the classroom. And if the parking lot's a mile away, well, that's a long walk in the rain and so on and so forth. So we need buses. But anyway, I'm, I'm just, uh, I yeah, couldn't There's, more there's not many employees across campus that have saved this university $260,000. No. So, Jerry, you, you ought to feel good about that, man. Well, I do. I mean, that wasn't really my intention. Um, I hated to let go of the program uh, when I was hired here five years ago. That was my job was the shuttle bus program and parking. So to get told that that was going to go away, I, I have a good relationship with all the bus drivers. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a commitment to them. Uh, you know, we still hauled, even though our numbers were down, uh, we still, still haul between 100 and 120,000 people a year. And so I was like, that's just going to compound my problems on the other end of the parking side of people are all forced to park on campus. And then when you think about some of the major events that we have during regular class hours, mm-hmm. then you're competing, bringing two, 300 people in for an event, say at Legacy Hall. Well, then they're competing for spaces that students pay for. And so... All that combined, um, because I had experience with Panhandle Community Services, I just thought, you know, I could reach out to them. Um, luckily, they hired all my drivers. Actually, they they hired six out of eight. Two of them retired. So everybody maintained their employment. Uh, the two apartment complexes that we used to do service for, uh, they continue to get service and at no charge. Um, our commitment to um, Toot and Totem is still going to happen because... Yeah. You know, we work things out for them. And so, I, like I said, I th- think this is just one of the rare instances that I've ever been involved in anything where it seems like everybody's going to come out yeah. very well. Well, Jerry, you're making the rest of us look bad. So. <laughs> I only did one good thing in five years. I don't know if that's really a cause for celebration. <laughs> We're still waiting on Randy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. Uh, we, You know, let me just say about some of our staff. Well, my, pretty much all of our staff. We have a staff on this campus that understands the primary purpose of the university is to is to is to help provide students educational opportunity. And this is part of it. And I think many, many of our staff, nearly all of our staff, see that as job one. Yeah. And when they do, yeah. they look for ways to get it done where everybody benefits. And that's what that's what Jerry has done with this thing. And the idea of saving um uh, two hundred and sixty thousand dollars out of our budget you know, this was a budget cut that turned into a, a great opportunity. And, you know, Jerry just mentioned uh, Panhandle Community Services serves the whole top 26 counties of Texas. And I, I say the top 26 counties of Texas probably 10 times a day because it's the yeah. Panhandle. Mm-hmm. And that's, what our, that's where we serve. So it's all tied together, I think, in a very nice way. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about... Maybe the future of parking here on the WT campus. We'll be back in 60 seconds. West Texas A&M University is proud to call the Texas Panhandle home, and providing the top 26 counties with opportunity and qualified graduates is an important WT mission. From their first experience on campus to graduation day, the WT experience is a challenging series of steps that will embolden our students to reach their full potential, and then, in turn, go out into the Panhandle and make a difference. 
Quality education with a big local return is one thing you can find here at WT. For more information about West Texas A&M University, visit our website at wtamu.edu. West Texas A&M University is a student body that learns by doing and is always seeking opportunity. Talented and accomplished faculty that teach both in and out of the classroom. Programs that provide timeless information and meet the challenges of today's world. Facilities rich in technology as well as WT history. Now is the time to strengthen connections and open doors for tomorrow's leaders. Share your experience, share your heritage, share your pride. Welcome back to Reflections from WT, episode number 26. I'm talking to Dr. Walter Windler, the 11th president, and Jerry Faltnick. During the break, I asked you both if you had a story about students that have a problem with parking. Dr. Windler, why don't you go first? I'll go first. I could tell a number of uh, <clears throat> a number of stories since I've been here. And, you know, people complain about parking tickets and all that. You all are smiling. You know they're just... Uh, but this <laughs> one is the most creative and ingenious one, but it happens to be from Texas A&M, and it was when I was a dean there at, at, in the College of Architecture at Texas A&M. And we were in a weekly dean's meeting, and the provost came in, uh, Dr. Dean Gage uh, came in and uh, he said, uh, I got an interesting email from a, a father of one of our students. And the email said, I can't quote it exactly, but he said, uh, you know, I'm a good Republican, but I am absolutely incensed that uh, you all are charging our students $800 a piece to support the Bush Library. That should be supported with donations and so on and so <laughs> forth. We didn't even laugh. We didn't know what was going on. And, uh, well, it turns out that Dean Gage, who was a thoughtful fellow, uh, they did a little uh, investigation. And it turned out that the uh, the daughter, his daughter, who was the student at A&M, had $800 in back uh, parking uh, tickets. And her father would have been... Um, upset with her if she had said, I need $800 to pay parking tickets. <laughs> but she thought because her father was a good Republican that it might be, uh, he would be willing to pay for the Bush yeah. library. So that yeah. was the most fantastic parking story I ever heard. And they got, and when, when Dean actually personally called the father, cause it was kind of funny and the father just, I'm, I, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I imagine he just shook his head and said, oh my goodness. Okay. I understand. I'll take care of it. $800 in parking tickets. $800 in yeah. back parking. Jerry, do you have a story? Uh, I mean, I hear excuses or reasons for why things are the way they are uh, for the last five years. So I have a lot to fall back on. But really, as far as complaints go, I think a lot of it stems from small town living by a lot of students who come yeah. from these rural areas where they're used to being able to park in front of the bank, in front of the grocery store. Well, then when they come to campus, they're upset because they can't park in front of this building. And then when they have changed class, be able to drive over to the next parking lot and park mm -hmm. in that one. So that's, I think that's a lot of the transition, but man, if they ever go to even Texas tech or any major university, there's some serious walking involved. Yeah. So really this campus, I mean, you can get, from the front Do, of the campus. Don't you both agree that students complain about parking on every campus, every, everywhere? Not only students, staff, council, faculty, senate, it's always an issue. And the problem is <laughs> that there's it's surge parking. Everybody wants to be where they want to be between, I'll say, 10 and 2. And in order to get everybody accommodated, you need a lot of spaces and people start parking far away. And, you know, it's just... Uh, I had another interesting... Uh, story on this campus um a girl didn't know it at the time 
Garland parked in my parking place. Oh man! And I gone to lunch. So um, I told uh, I told Sean Burns, our chief of police. I said, "Well, I said I don't want to do anything abnormal to her. Just you know, give her a regular ticket. But I'm going to make her come and see me." So we they, they set up an appointment. I forget when it was, but I was coming back to the uh, back to the campus to have a meeting with her, and I was going to read her the right act about parking in my space and kind of have fun with it. I get back to the campus. She's parked here again. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, she's parked there again. She said, well, it was only, only going to be a few minutes. And I just couldn't believe it. I said, yeah. good golly. But anyway, it's funny. Well, here, here's my story about parking, and it involves Dr. Wendler. Um, I, if, if our listeners will remember a few episodes ago, I invited Dr. Wendler to come to my podcasting class, and uh, I, I said, would you mind if students just ask you questions? Dr. Wendler's answer was, they can ask me anything, as long as it's not about parking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's funny. It is funny how much of a problem it creates on campuses. But, you know, Jerry is right, and this is not to diminish, you know, people don't want to walk long distance and all that. But I'll tell you, when I was at uh, the University of California, you had to park miles away. And there was no no buses on the interior of the campus. I mean, it was completely, and Texas A&M goodness the, yeah. the fees and so on and so forth so it's just the way campuses work well do, do you two foresee any changes in parking on our campus i mean we're in really pretty good shape compared to most campuses what, what's coming down down the road for parking i mean i think from the time that i started here to where we're at now i you know i, I get interviewed by students every semester for class projects evidently well let's talk about parking and every year, my answer is almost always the same, is that I don't think we have a parking problem. We have more of a walking problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not to be ugly or cute about it, but since, we've been, since I've been here, uh, we've expanded parking lots. And I think the biggest contributor to, to ease the parking situation was the development of the ag complex and a parking lot that goes with that because it pulled so many students to the north side of campus. Yeah. And that really freed up. Yeah. You know, the, the parking lots that are really maxed out most of the time. So I think that's where our numbers dropped with the shuttle bus program, too, was just moving so many students over there that it just it made it better across the entire campus. Yeah. By the way, another thing, Randy, the uh, uh, James Webb, uh, the RIT guy, vice, vice president for uh, information technology, uh, is working on an app. And we have some examples in lots well, you can look at the lots and see where the spaces are so you don't have to drive around. You know, you can't always hmm. see the spaces. And um, we, we actually have the technical power to be able to do that all over campus. So people could download the app and then, of course, they wouldn't, shouldn't do it when they're driving, but they could look and see where available spaces are. There's one problem is it may create races to get to, you know, they may say, man, <laughs> yeah. that's a good one. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go too fast. But anyway, I, th- I, think, I think there's some technology that can help this. I know in uh, parking garages now, like at Texas A&M, uh, they have lights, little LEDs uh, that hang down over each space. If it's red, that means there's a car in it. If it's green, that means you can park in it so you can see them when you're coming and you know how to approach the space and everything. So I think there's a lot that technology will do. To, to It's still not going to make, you know, if 20 people want the same space, this is not going to solve that. Fix that. You yeah. have to adjust your, your desire and be willing to walk a little bit. We're sneakers or something. I don't know. uh, And it's just, we just can't park everybody where they want to park, when they want to park. Yeah. Well, I, I, 
I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you guys have probably the toughest jobs on campus. Jerry, this is my curveball. Uh, I, I throw Dr. Winner and our guest a curveball on every episode. This is it. What? So you guys have the toughest jobs. What's the worst job that you you guys have ever had in your life? Oh, it's easy for me. I used to work for Child Protective Services. Oh, yeah. So, although I have dealt with some parents that were more upset about their kids getting parking tickets than having their children <laughs> removed. So, yeah, that was definitely the toughest. Uh, it was rewarding, too. I think I developed as a person uh, to take that job on and, and actually thrived in some areas, learned a lot about myself, developed some strengths, and made me want to do more than just CPS. But that was definitely the toughest job I had. But like I said, I, I, I take a fair amount of heat here on occasion but i've gotten kind of used to it yeah dr Warner, what's the worst job you've ever had you know and i've had a lot of different jobs you know i've been a, a construction laborer a carpenter a bar boy a bartender a bus boy a waiter uh, faculty member architect <laughs> dean vice chancellor vice president president chancellor you just can't seem to keep a job. No, I can't. Much. As a matter of fact, if you look at my, uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday on campus who has been, um, it was Zach Workman. He's moving to another office and he's been in that office for 11 years in the same office. I said, I haven't ever had the same job more than eight years. And that was only before I had this one. Uh, so yeah. as a matter of fact, this one right now is approaching my uh, kind of average uh, length of service, about five years. Uh, toughest job, never had one. I've never had a job I didn't like. I like to work. I like to yeah. feel like I'm in. I've never had one. And if I had, it wouldn't have been anything like uh, like uh, CPS. That is a, that's a tough, that is a tough job to insert yourself it with these problems in a family. It's sad and it's very difficult and challenging. And I, I didn't know that about Jerry, but I'm impressed with that. I've never had a job like that. I mean, I, you know, my... People complain to me about certain things, faculty, staff, students. You know, I hear a lot of different things, but it's just part of the job, and you do the best you can with it. Well, I will just real briefly tell you, that probably the worst job I ever had, my first summer after my first year of college, I went to work at the Carbon Black plant outside of our hometown of Pampa, Texas. Ooh. And uh, the Carbon Black, I mean, it's a black, I mean, you got filthy, dirty, nasty, and that was bad enough. But one day I went to work, and... There was lady, a lady that was mad about something at her boss, so she laced the coffee with arsenic, and I had a big cup of it. Really? <laughs> and all, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. So that's a bad job when you're drinking poison. Uh, so, yeah. Did you get sick from it, Randy? Oh, yeah, yeah. She, the, the problem was she put too much in, and they said if she'd put less in, it killed us all. But... That's a bad job. Oh, because you would you actually we, could taste it or something yeah, and spit it out and yeah. say something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what drives people to actions like that, how that's supposed to improve their circumstance. You know, I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we work in a good place that we don't have to worry about stuff. I'll like keep that. your story in mind as I go <laughs> about my day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might not trip my cause is quit drinking coffee, actually. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us for reflections from WT. Uh, episode number 26. We are looking forward to you listening to our next episode. We'll see you then.